All right. I'm just going to shift gears a little bit now. Um, it's uh, last summer we were in, in uh, Turkey. And so for, I've mentioned it for the years that we've been here. Turkey's a pretty tough place, 99.9% Muslim. And on top of that, the people are pretty tough people, hard. And uh, last summer we were driving from one city to another, and it was, it was about 100 degrees out, and we were driving for 10 hours in a van without air conditioning. And I was sitting in the back left of the van, so completely just stuck in there, and by the end I was almost insane. And we're, so we got to this city, it was called Manavagat, and it's, it's in southern Turkey, about half a million people with no known church, only maybe a handful of Christians. So really unreached place. And so when we got there, we were surprised to find out that our concert was actually sponsored by the city. And we got a police escort to our hotel, which was an interesting experience. And so the next day, we got to our venue. And when we got there, we saw this big banner. And what it said to, some, to, to effect is, welcome to the Ramadan festivities. And we were the opening band. So it was a bit of a bizarre circumstance. So here we are in the city, no church, half a million people. And we were playing at the Ramadan festivities. It was the first day of Ramadan. You know, Ramadan is a month-long Islamic fast. And on top of that, we found out the mayor and all these government officials and a TV crew were going to be there. It was kind of like a festival atmosphere. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure they didn't know what was coming. And so <laughs> our, t- our tour promoter, his name was Shafak, and he's a Turkish guy. Um, and he, his dad was a, a Muslim cleric. And he had given his life to Jesus a number of years ago. And he was, he was feeling tense because he was the one that organized this. <laughs> and he was concerned about what was going to happen, obviously. And, you know, on top of that, he was telling us that um, in the area, there was a lot of tension between the Turkish people and the Kurdish people. The Kurdish people, you know, there's a lot of tension in Turkey anyway between those two. But in this particular city, a lot of Kurdish people had come there to work, and there was a lot of tension. And they felt like a controversial show like ours could spark a, a, some sort of violence. And so he was really nervous. And then, you know, and, on, and being that it was Ramadan and that we were playing at the Ramadan festivities, he came up to me and he said, um, you know, I, I don't know how this is going to work. I don't think you should say the name of Jesus. I think you should just say God because, you know, that's a neutral term and it won't be offensive. And so we were really not sure what to do. And we found ourselves in a situation like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel 3. So if you have your Bible, you can turn to Daniel 3. I also have it up here on the board. Um, but we'll go to Daniel 3. And so they're in the situation where, you know, King Nebuchadnezzar makes this decree. And he says, as soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Okay, so then, you know, of course, that applied to the Jewish exiles that were there, too, including these guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so, of course, being Jews, they, they were going to defy this order. So they, 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 there was a report that came back to the king, and they said, there's some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O king. They, they neither serve your gods nor worship the image gold you have set up. Okay, so here we are, King Nebuchadnezzar, he has, you know, he's, he's set up this image and he's, he said that everyone has to bow down to it. And if they don't, they're going to be thrown into a fiery furnace. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, of course, because they're Jews and they serve the one true God, they, they're going to defy his orders. And, you know, this was a risky thing for them to do because obviously their lives were at stake if they would defy the king. 
And, you know, so by refusing to back down, they risked their lives. And as followers of Jesus, risk is a vital part of our faith. Risk is, is intrinsic to faith. Nothing of significance will ever happen without encountering and dealing with risk in your life. Where there's no risk, there's no faith. Where there's no faith, there's no power. And, and so, as we were setting up for our concert in Manavgad at the Ramadan festivities, we knew that it was risky, that, that there was something that we didn't know how people were going to react. You know, and we've been doing this for a while, and we've had negative reactions in the past. We've, you know, we've had rocks thrown at us, knives pulled, riots started, police shutting down our shows, things like that. So anything could happen. And, and you know, so we, we weren't sure how people were going to react. And you see, here's the crowd. So it was, a, it was a big crowd, and we had no idea, like, what people were going to do. And so... Often, you know, risk, you know, risk is something that we try to avoid, you know, in our faith. And we don't want to, we want to avoid risk. But one thing that I, I used to believe that is that's such a lie is that, you know, if, if, you were, if you were following Jesus, then, you know, that, that's going to be a safe place. I used to say this. I used to say the safest place to be is in the center of God's will. And it's not true. You know, it's the best. It's the most fulfilling He's going to give you peace that transcends understanding, but it is not the safest. It's just not. You know, when you're going to Ramadan and God, God calls you Ramadan, that's not safe, but that's where God wanted us to be. <laughs> and how are we going to react? Were we going to be bold in this environment? So, not only were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego risking their lives, but they were also sacrificing positions of power and security. Verse 12 says that they were set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, which means that they had positions of prestige, and with it came comfort and the good life. And so by defying the king, they were risking that as well. They had to sacrifice that. And so, you know, here, losing my notes here. So the, the, the thing that I found is that if you want to follow Jesus, it is not cost-free living. It's going to be a sacrifice. Jesus said that if anyone comes after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Why should I deny myself? Why should I sacrifice? Why should I spend 10 hours in a van driving through Turkey to preach the gospel to these hard, difficult people when I could be back at home in comfortable Minnesota? Why should I do that? It's because the joy that comes with following God's plan for your, for your life is infinitely better than your own plans. The life that God has for you is so much better than anything that could, you could come up with on your own. Temporary, fleeting pleasures and comforts are nothing compared to the lasting, sustaining joy of serving God and doing what he calls you to do. The truth is, it's really not a sacrifice at all. It's just a matter of perspective. C.S. Lewis said that we are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea, we are far too easily pleased. Following Jesus is the best life. It's going to take risk and sacrifice, but it's the best. So Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down to the image. And furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If you do not worship the image of gold, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue from my, from my hand? When, Nebuch when King Nebuchadnezzar mockingly said, Then what God will be able to rescue from my hand? He was confronting Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego with the core question of faith for, to them and also to you. Is the God you believe in real or not? 
Is the God you believe in real or not? It's simple as that. The question is so basic, so obvious, but so important. Hebrews 11.6 says that without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And we too were confronted with that question at the Ramadan festival last summer. It was a test. Did we truly believe that God exists? Did we trust his promises? You know, it's easy to say that we serve a God of power and that nothing is impossible for him when we're in a comfortable church. But how, what does it mean when you're standing at the Ramadan festivities and you have to decide whether to proclaim the name of Jesus? That's when it matters. That's when you really are confronted with that question, is the God that you serve real or not? It's, you know, it's, it's something that I call, you know, real face. The response that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to, to King Nebuchadnezzar was really incredible. You know, they said, if we were thrown into the, into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had complete faith in God. They trusted him that he could deliver him. And beyond that, they, they even believed that, you know, their, their faith was not contingent on circumstances working out in their favor. You know, it, it, boldly stating that even if he does not deliver us, we will not serve your gods or worship the image of, gold, image of gold. That is what I call real faith and radical obedience to God's will. Real faith and radical obedience is characterized by surrendering control of your life trusting God and choosing to act on what you believe. You know, and it's not just a theory, it's not just something you do on Sunday where you, would, you act on what you believe no matter the consequence. <coughs> Radical obedience is risky. It requires great sacrifice and the very real possibility that you will fail. It doesn't always mean that things are going to go well. So when we are here back at the Ramadan festivities and David, my dad, he went out for a prayer walk to try to pray. What are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to respond to this? And so he came, you know, the rest of the team, including myself, were setting up. And he came back and he came to me and he said, you know, he felt like God had told him that, you know, we weren't, we weren't here to entertain people. These people deserve to hear the truth. They deserve to know who Jesus really was. And that, God, you know, that we, need, we needed to trust God. You know, do we really believe in the God we serve or not? And that didn't mean that we knew things were going to go right. We didn't know how people were going to react. So we, we got together before we started the concert and we prayed. We said, Jesus, we won't deny you. But whatever happens is up to you, but we're not going to deny you. And so as the concert started, well over 500 people, a television crew and a, a bunch of other people were there. They were taking shots of the show and the people's reaction. And, you know, and through our show, we demonstrate the message of the cross. And the whole show is, is built up to the end, proclaiming the name of Jesus. And so we got to that point, and we did the usual speech, and we stated clearly for everyone to hear the name of Jesus, and it was translated for all. And this is actually right here. That's actually the moment proclaiming the name of Jesus. You can see me next to it. I was a little nervous. <laughs> so just as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had experienced God's power and protection from the fiery furnace, we too saw God move that day. The reaction from the crowd was actually quite unbelievable. We were not attacked, you know, the, or, or, you know, there wasn't even really booing. People were clapping and cheering, in spite of the fact that we had just publicly proclaimed the name of Jesus at the Ramadan festivities. (Applause) 
We, we invited those who wanted to know more about mes our message to sign up for the No Longer Music Fan Club. These are people signing up for NLM Fan Club, and, which is a Turkish Bible correspondence course. And 101 people signed up for the fan club, including the mayor's son, who was given an evangelistic DVD. And then after the concert, the mayor presented the band with flowers in a ceremony, and it was covered by local media and television. It was, it was hilarious. You know. And so, you know, there were a few people that reacted negatively. There was. But by and large, it was an incredibly positive reaction. And the only logical explanation for that is God. It's not because of anything we did or how powerfully we performed. It is only because of him. And, you know, not everyone is, is called to join a rock band and preach the gospel in dark places. But as followers of Jesus, we are all called to live a radical life for him. We are all called to live a life of faith. You know, live, we are called to a mission of eternal impact and consequence. Lives characterized by real faith, risk, sacrifice, radical obedience. Every one of us is called to that. The world is desperate. There are too many needs we, to live any way other than that. So what I want to do is invite the, the worship band to come up. I'm going to pray, and if you feel that this message is for you during the worship, I want you to come up and just kneel at the front and pray to the Lord while the band is playing. We're also going to be doing uh, the tithe as well, so I'm just going to pray. Lord, we don't want to live lives that don't have an eternal impact. Lord, we want to have an internal impact on your kingdom. We want to see your power. We want to see you move through our lives. Help us to have the courage to live lives of risk and sacrifice. Lord, lives of real faith real faith and radical obedience for you. Lord, show each one of us what that means, what that looks like for us. Give us that next clear step. Lord, I also want to thank you for this church. I pray that you bless them. I pray that you'd bless those here, that you'd um, bless their tithes and offering. Lord, just, I, I just pray that you would multiply that. Use this church beyond its size, beyond its human impact, Lord, that it would have a tremendous impact in this community and around the world. Lord, we just thank you and ask for you to move in our lives. In Jesus' powerful name, amen.